We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined by... Mark Cowley and Ben Wade um, to talk about Manchester City versus Newcastle United this Saturday. First up, though, we can't ignore the mental news from last night uh, with Mike Ashley ringing up Sky Sports and telling them that the deal for PCP, Amanda Stavley, to buy Newcastle United is off uh, if it was ever on, slash if he, you know, potentially talking a little shite. So to go into that in a bit more detail, I've got um, from True Faith, Mick Martin. So Mick, uh, what do you what you know? What were your first thoughts last night when this news broke on uh, on Sky Sports on their peak on their, their most popular show, seven pm transfer centre? That Mike Ashley or a close source or whatever that Mike Ashley had been in touch and said the deal was off. What did you think? Uh, well, firstly, the information I've got is is that it was Mike Ashley himself who rang him, um, and that uh, Mike might have had a drink last night, <laughs> but um, that's. Um, that's that's speculation, obviously. Um, how did I feel? Absolutely devastated because um, this is the only show in town in terms of the takeover, and um, and, and what it what it demonstrates is is that there's nothing wrong with the PCP deal at all. Um, and within about twenty minutes of actually making the statement that there was no bid, it was evidently just um, detailed that you know we're ninety nine point nine percent certain that there is a bid. Uh, and that the bid was submitted by PCP's solicitors, Freshfields, of whom Chris Mort is the um, uh, the lead uh, rep uh, representative for for PCP, uh, putting that um, putting that bid in, and that bid went in in November. Um, from what I can gather, there are two types of bid. I think Ashley himself invited a, an incremental kind of uh, based bid where the, the money would be paid in sections. I think there was a bid put in like that and then he went back and asked for uh, a one-off bid, a, a kind of a, a, a clean break bid and the bid that went in was for 250 million quid, which has been sitting on his table um, in Ashley Towers uh, for the last month while he's been um, on his tour of America either gambling, drinking, um, whatever else he does when he's on his when he's on his holidays. So um, I don't think he's been that engaged with the negotiations whatsoever. And it's not a question of the deal and how the deal's set up. The fundamental issue is is that it's not what enough for for him. So uh, I think he probably feels like he was being kind of put into a corner 
um, in terms of the, the deal itself, a put up a shut up deal. Um, and I think what he, he has done now is responded aggressively um, and uh, and kind of uh, and tried to shift the power play uh, in the deal back to him being in control because we all know, you know, from from his business life that he is the one that likes to be in control of the deal. So he's back in control of the deal, but I think Newcastle United is probably getting out of control on his watch yet again. So number of things to be worried about now. Firstly, relegation. Secondly, um, losing Rafa. Um, so if we lose Rafa, um, the, that's, he's the person that gives the whole club any credibility. He's the unifying force around around the club between the players, between the coaching staff, other staff at the club, and of course the supporters. So you take Rafa out of the equation and you replace him with some duck egg Pardew-like, McLaren-like idiot who is just there to kind of be Ashley's bitch and earn a, a salary that he that he's desperate to get, and um, and then you you're into another toxic episode in Newcastle United's um, uh, long and inglorious history. So that's kind of where you are at the moment. Um, there's a there must be a real fear that Rafa will walk at the end of the season because frankly. Nobody really believes about all of these other bids that are on the table. That they seem to be a pure invention. Um, they're desperate talk. So if you can get um, if you can get people to believe that, then more fool them. Personally, I think we're in a we're at, we're at risk of um, of really coming off the rails again. Do you think from um, from what you've you've read in the media and people you've got contact with, do you think this will in any way rattle or affect PCP partners? Do you think they've probably, you know, I think some journalists um, are suggesting, I think Luke Edwards and, and Craig Hope are suggesting that they've underestimated Mike Ashley. Would you give any credence to that? Uh, well, I don't think they have underestimated Mike Ashley. Um, I think what Mike Ashley did last night was um, wholly irrational um, and bizarre and eccentric and surreal. So I don't think uh, um, anyone can... Uh, accuse anyone of underestimating Mike Ashley. He's a uh, he's a, um, a very kind of unique type of businessman. So why he would have went on the Sky Television at peak time last night um, and phoned them up and had a little rant about um, about things that were completely wrong and come up with some absolutely bizarre statement about if you want to talk to me, you've got to put some money in the bank. Um, you know that is mental, and uh, and very quickly um, demonstrated to be mental. And quite, I'm quite pleased with how George Cork and handled all that. You know, you have to provide proof of funds uh, before you do the due diligence and all of that kind of thing. And Mike Ashley's well aware of that. He's done plenty of deals himself. So that was bizarre, but it did echo to what Lambaya said a number of years ago, which was they'll have to buy a box if they want to think about buying the club. That was These are just throwaway crazy remarks um, that they make when they're under pressure. So they are under pressure now. Um, 
one of the interesting things, and I'm no financial analyst on the subject, but um, is to maybe focus on other parts of Mike Ashley's business empire. So, you know, we hear about him needing um, uh, liquidity on, uh, listen to me, liquidity lad from Gator, <laughs> um, talking, talking about um, his investments in Chelsea Harbour and needing money for shares, etc. A lot of that is, of course, speculative. But, you know, for example, if he's in, involved in property development in London, that's, you know, that's always going to give him a hell of a lot more money than he would ever get out in Newcastle United, you know, which is coppers in comparison to those types of projects. So those those kinds of things are important. Whether or not Amanda Stavely is across those things remains to be seen, or whether or not anyone else is um, across those 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 things, we don't know. Um, but we do know that Mike Ashley uh, preys on... Um, uh, distressed businesses. He's got a, a, you know, he's got a business portfolio of, of previously depressed um, business ventures, of which Newcastle United is one. Um, so you wonder whether or not the people who are looking to buy are aware of all of these things. How much pressure Ashley is under himself, because he's he's famously said he hasn't got any money. Um, so you know, we don't know where the deal is at. We don't know what the amount of pressure that is on Ashley to sell, but sell he must. Otherwise, the club is going to go into free fall. And if he wants uh, an indication of how bad things may turn out, he's just got to look down at the um, at Sunderland because that is a future that could very quickly creep up on Newcastle United. And that's we're not immune from from that kind of fate. And um, and that two hundred and fifty million quid that's on the table today, and it is on the table today. Um, certainly won't be on the table for a club that's in the championship tanking it with supporters um, you know, deserting the club left, right and centre and that is what will happen if, if we go down again and Rafa leaves Yeah, I mean, already you've seen Ashley out mobilise again, they've not been active for a long time the yeah. supporters trust have, have done a great statement tonight on the news um, think, uh, things are different this time I think um, I hope he gets the message and all the people who feed things back and get the message uh, so this is this is different. What you've done this time is, uh, you know, because he said he, he sent the whole of Newcastle United fan base into meltdown last night, through a, a few, you know, what eighty words or something like that, fifty to eighty words, nothing yeah. from the club as usual. Mick, just finally, can you just give your opinion once and for all on the notion that this will somehow this proclamation from Ashley Ashley's people will somehow translate into transfer spend for Rafa in the last two weeks of the transfer window? Complete nonsense. That won't happen. Um, don't believe a word he says. So you know the press are full of, uh, you know, the, the green lights being given on some transfer spends. You know, well until the three players have signed three players for you know eighteen, twenty, thirty million, etc. Um, let's just park that one. The best Benitez will get is loan deals. Uh, I gather he, he's only allowed to get two. So you know whatever is brought in will be coppers in terms of the money that's spent. But the folly in that is Emmanuel Rivier, um, Gabriel Obertan, all of these players, Xavier, all, all of these players who come in and are quickly found not to be the bargains that uh, people imagine them to be, you know, the Jocelyns who can't score, all of, the, all of these kinds of um, players 
will eventually drag you right down if you continue buying them. Um, so that that's the that's the risk. So no, I don't think there'll be any. I don't think there'll be any spends for Rafa. And I think um, Ashley is gambling with the future of the club. And and if the situation doesn't change by the end of the season, I think. Um, for his own good, Rafa Benitez needs to leave the club and to its own devices because he shouldn't rock with us. Wise words there from Mick. Uh, I can't disagree with anything that he said. Um, only thing to add on to that before we move on to the Man City game is that um, I'm inclined to believe the exact opposite of what Mike Ashley says. So if he says that the deal is dead, I'd imagine it's not dead. And if he says it's been uh, tiring and frustrating dealing with PCP, I imagine it's been neither. Um, though I can imagine dealing with him uh, would be both. And as Mick said, uh, it's allegedly that he called in Sky Sports last night. Uh, allegedly pissed, but we're not good at that. Football, and we'll have Man City this weekend. What a fixture in these uh, crisis-ridden times, Cowley. Uh, I think you're making one of your first podcast appearances of the season, so welcome. Obviously, it's a ridiculously massive task for us to get anything from this game. Um, my question to you is, how good are Manchester City? Um, can we get anything from this game? Are they in a run of poor form? And does it mean anything? Um, in terms of the first question, Man City, very good side. Uh, I think you said, oh, is it the league a lot poorer this season? But I think they look like seven or eight season. I think they would have won the league. Um going from the teams um, of recent years I think up there with like the Chelsea's Mourinho first didn't and Man U and Deco when Ronaldo was playing for them um, so yeah I think they would have won the league last seven or eight seasons in terms of is it the best time to play them um, people are a lot of people I've spoke to and seen on Twitter like the backlash of what happened getting beat off Liverpool for free um, but I go against that because mm-hmm. you <laughs> You want to play a team that, at what in the last two weeks of drew against Palace nil nil. Yeah, yeah. Have just beat Bristol two one, last minute goal, and then conceded four against Liverpool. So if confidence is gonna be a bit lower than what it has been, you don't want to you don't want to play on when on uh, momentum when they're winning games, um, smashing teams. So I think it is probably a better time to play them because you've seen last week the way Liverpool played. There's mistakes in them. Um, defensively, there's questions to be asked. Um, Edison, they made him look like Bravo. Um, <laughs> so I think it would be a good time. On the other hand, um, I read today, it's the first time Man City have had a week off, excluding the national breaks, Aye. since August. Aye. So on the other hand, they've had a full week. And if you look at their performances, many pundits have said they look a bit tired, um, playing in every competition, um, and obviously twice a week. Um, and obviously over the Christmas period as well, they've had a lot of games, so they've had a full week to prepare now, and obviously getting beat off Liverpool, they put the wrong to rights really, and um, one big thing I think as well is Silva, the missing Silva last few weeks, I guess he's back, because he's on the bench against Liverpool, but obviously never come on, so I think he um, is obviously massive for them, because I think he's, apart from De Bruyne, is their best player. Um, has he played against Modi Army though? Has he played against Modi Army? That's probably. Probably terrifying. He probably has, uh, but yeah, that's obviously massive for them for him to come back. De Bruyne, Silva, and I don't know who who else is uh, midfield for City. Gundogan 
against Diame. How oh, you said Gundogan? Gundogan. Gundogan. Um, against Diame and Saive. Like Saive is up. I was going to talk about that. Allegedly, is he? He's on his way. Yeah. Oh well, shop window worked. Hi. See, Cowley, can we get anything? How do we get anything? Um, can we? Can we get anything? Um, let's be optimistic. Then, uh, yes. Well, if we play the way we did last time, I think. The, the debate is if we're going to park the bus or press them high like Liverpool we can't do press them high we, teams like Liverpool have worked on that all season that's the way they play under Klopp um, we're not set out to do that um, it's easy to press high when you've got Firmino Salah and uh, <laughs> oh yeah. exactly yeah we're, we're not Liverpool it's we're, mental but I mean even like Bristol they, they, they did that as well not as the extent of Liverpool um, but they played he didn't park the bus, he had a bit of a Gordon. So people will look at that game and think, why can't we if Bristol did? Uh, but the way we set out against them last time is, I mean, we didn't watch it as we were going to Great Trip that day, sorry. Um, but <laughs> looking on social media afterwards and seeing the highlights, it obviously was horrible to watch. But at the end of the day, we nearly got something from that game. We were always in it. Being 1 0, you're always in a game. Um, I think. We were well organised, work rate organ- um, it was great. We just didn't keep the ball well enough. I just dug on Twitter because we were obviously away in Australia and the game was none. We were just saying the ball was coming back far too quickly. We couldn't hold the ball up. Um, and that's one of the things I think Rafa said after the game. We just worked well and organised, but it was just the fact that we couldn't keep the ball. Um, so we need to do a lot better with the ball, really, um, and to, rather than them attack us. They did miss a lot of chances, they did have a lot of chances. Um, Probably did make a few saves as well, uh, but we obviously still won nil in the game, and then I think brought Atsu and Gale on, did he? And then we pressed them a bit high, and obviously that chance at the end. Aaron's had a good, great chance just after the goal, and then Gale had a, could have been one-one. Oh. So I think I, I think we've we've got to play play the same way. Really, I don't think we can we can do what Liverpool did. We haven't worked in that all season. That's that's the way I think we're gonna to have to, like get a result as long as we can keep in the game as long as possible, and things that we can take from the game like last week is try and try and keep the Brian a bit quiet and isolate Aguero, um, but it's gonna be bloody hard. <laughs> <laughs> I I couldn't agree more. It's it's gonna to have to be exactly the same approach as it was to the home game. We're gonna to have to contain them and try and stay in the game. That might be one nil down. That might be two nil down, with you know. 10-15 minutes to go and then as you say bring on a little bit of of what we've got in terms of pace for, for a bit of a counter-attack and go at them for the last 10 minutes and that, that that's all we're going to really do in this game it's it's not we haven't got the players to, to try and press Man City for 90 minutes that's never ever going to happen we, you know we, we've showed even in games where we have tried to do that Man U, Chelsea like we've got half an hour of that in where, but we, we can't do it for a whole game so it doesn't really work um, I think what you've just touched on as well there is from the home game has been symptomatic of all of our home games that we've been quite wasteful in possession. We've given it away too cheaply, too much, which is, which at home has been a big problem even against bad teams because we're just not creating chances because we're just playing sloppy passes, doing doing silly things. I don't know if it's the pressure of playing at home or what it is, but away from home it's just not been the case. We've been very slick. We've been very efficient with the ball away from home, which is why if if we're putting a similar performance. Maybe this time we could nick something because there's an easy answer there. It's because we'll have a lot less of the ball away from home, so we'll have <laughs> yeah, less chances to. That's be true, but but we don't, we don't we're not as wasteful. You know, we've we've played home games where we've had not that much possession, but then when we do get it, we're we're just yeah. I suppose it would be a point of that, wouldn't it? Um, so 
you never know. I think I think if we can put in a defensively sound performance with the cells, obviously in the team, we know we know that's yeah. always a, a, a bonus. Um, and just hang on, as you say, we can frustrate them through to half time, frustrate them a bit longer, even at one 0 down. If you can get to the last fifteen minutes, where a goal would make you a point, I think we're capable of that. I think if you look at um, some of the performances, like from West Ham and Southampton, um, they both had what twenty odd percent possession of the ball, and. They obviously sat deep, but just a couple of counter attacks really. Both, I think, both of them took the lead, did they not? Yeah. Um, obviously, both came back and won it. Um, both late on, so I mean, if we were to take a lead, <laughs> it'd be great. But um, I mean, I couldn't see it happen. But you never know. Like I said, they they, they sat back and then let the defence. If the ball at the top depends who we're starting with. Um, you've seen from Saturday they can make make mistakes, so. First goal is crucial, like you mentioned there. They struggled at home against West Ham and Southampton. They obviously drew with Heaven on the opening day. I know it sounds obvious, but they went behind in all of those games. Yeah. You know, so obviously you get the first goal. We're not talking about a win, but at least you're talking about holding on to something. I think the template for this performance is probably Arsenal. I was thinking, like you, Si, will we see a Man United? Will we see, you know what, fuck this, have a go at them? Chelsea wasn't as, you know avant-garde as Man United but it was still attacking mm-hmm. early doors but, and then you saw Arsenal and I think Arsenal's a lot more was a lot more natural for this team away from home we sat deep we're, we used the ball a lot better we created a, a few openings in the first half we were 1-0 down but we stayed in the game at 1-0 till 80 minutes and then we had a, we had a good go and we had a few chances and we, mm-hmm. we could have got a point so I think you're, you're going to see that far more than you know, maybe maybe we're mental half an hour at Man United, which will live long in the memory for those of us that were there. Um and maybe people watching as well. But um in doing that side, if we all agreed that, you know, there isn't going to be some kind of win the ball high strategy, what team would you select for the weekend? Um uh, I think the defence probably picks itself. You'll go with set piece for this, won't you? You'll, you'll go with Dummer because defensively, I mean, people say defensively, he got he got his pants taken down by um, Dyer quite a few times against Swansea, which isn't good, but um, he's good in the air. He's, Only thing I'd say, sorry, sorry, is that at least it happened like in our half. Yeah, he didn't yeah. get his pants taken down where it mattered. Yeah, um, obviously we know Lascelles and Clark were well together, and I think I think just we all. I'd love to see Chancellor in there because I think yeah, he's class, yeah. but it's it's not that's not gonna happen. Could we see a five three two? Could we see a Chelsea? You know, he did it at Chelsea. It's not 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 yeah. <laughs> it's the only formation that Chancellor gets a game in. So there is if we will play three at the back and Ben will be the third. Um, I think he's got to play Yedlin. I, I I do like Mankio. I think he's he offers us something um different. But Yedlin, especially with the pace man that you've got, he's the only player who might be able to track back and and prevent a goal scoring opportunity where they've got him behind. Um, so I think he's quite valuable in that situation. Um, so that defense is is pretty much it'll, it'll probably be the same. Um, centre mids, there's no way Shelby plays this game. Um, I think Diarmé has been our best player in the last three or four. So he goes in. It's it's probably a Hayden game because he'll work hard and he can, he can put the put the hard miles in because there's going to be a lot of running to keep up with as you say De Bruyne. Um, so that that's my midfield. I reckon Diarmé and Hayden. It's very very defensive at this point. Um, Richie probably grafts, grafts um his way into the team again, Atsu and well, I think, if you want an outlet, because we're gonna need something to get out of our own half, I'd probably go with Murphy, um just because he's got a bit more flair than Atsu. Atsu's got pace, but we're not we're not gonna be in a position to put put balls in for him, so he'll he'll be wasted, 
at least Murphy can run with the ball, carry it a bit, and maybe try and get us a bit of relieved pressure. And then it's going to have to be big Hoss because, again, yeah. we need something to aim for. <coughs> which leaves you with, I don't know, Perez and number 10 away from home is <laughs> is almost pointless, but probably what he'll do. Um, the alternative is Gale, but then you're playing with two strikers, which would be which would be almost perversely be weird to attack him. Two strikers at Man City, yeah. not against Swansea. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so for me, it's all the players who are going to work the hardest because that's what it's going to take, at least for the first 60 minutes. You probably save Gale actually for the last half an hour. Um, you do the same with Marino. You probably even do the same with Shelby. Put him on when the when the game is tiring a bit to see if he can pick out that pass that gets with the Knicks or something. Depending on what happens tonight, Ty, we've got Manchester City away and then Chelsea away. Most likely, we're recording before Norwich play Chelsea. Most likely, I can't see Norwich winning the Stamford Bridge. No. Which is the more important game, this one or next weekend? <laughs> That's actually a really hard hard uh, question um, because I, this is a this is a free pass as far as I'm concerned. A point is a massive bonus. Not getting beat, you know, keeping the goal difference respectable was all would also be okay as long as we pick up points elsewhere. The cup run is the kind of the only thing left to get excited about this season. So I'd love not to get knocked out of the cup. I think I'd, I'd love to get a replay about St James's yeah. with Chelsea. That would be nice. Um, I'd I'd really I want I want Chelsea to win tonight because we'll lose at Norwich. So we might as well <laughs> if we're gonna go out, go out to Chelsea. Norwich are a bottom half championship side. <laughs> so <I> like <laughs> exactly, we always get put out by them. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I don't know if you if you feel the same way actually, but I I think the cup's more important than this. Cardi, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'll probably go for the cup just because how people have a melt. Well, not say meltdown, but the amount of times we've obviously gone on the third or fourth round. But I just think momentum. If you want to try and get a good cup run together, um, hopefully Norris can beat Chelsea, which is not going to happen, but. You never know. Um, I think, like you said, it's the free pass, really. No one expects us to go. Is it the free pass, though? Because goal difference is so important. We'll have the best goal difference in the bottom half of the league. Is it... It's not a free pass. Well, not a free you pass. can't get done five nil. Yeah, you can't get done five nil. Would two nil? Um, with a two nil defeat? We'll, we'll, we might get done five nil. Yeah. Would you take a two nil defeat right now, Carly? Would I take a two nil defeat right? Um, you can't say you, that. You, you can't, can't say when you take a defeat. It's hard, but no Newcastle fan can. The thing is how that. how positive everyone's after the one nil defeat. After I just remember <laughs> going before speaking, everyone thought we we're going to get beat four or five nil. Yeah, and then uh, so I don't know what the feeling was like at the ground because we were with, but like. And social media and on Twitter, I was everyone was quite positive. Yeah, they expected to get beat four or five nil, but they showed that good defensive play and was in the game, and of the goal difference, it was great. Only one nil, where teams were getting obviously three or four against them. So it's it's hard to say when you take a defeat, but if it's gonna if you're gonna get beat, obviously, <laughs> would we have two nil? Yeah, um, some of the goal lines I see in the. So I think we can, I think we can beat them, like. <laughs> Tell us how. Because, right, I just think, Matt, first of all, Man City are due a defeat, aren't they? Is there's, there's no other, what do you mean? no Is higher point in the season. <laughs> oh, they're, 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 they're due a defeat at home. Um, I forgot, I totally forgot about that. Oh, they're not due a defeat. Um, like, I don't know, I just think, I will, will we get, will we get well, these? You're waiting for Man City defeat and then, then two come yeah, at once. Yeah, two come at once. The duo defeat against the bottom of the half. Exactly. The We're due a result against the top, top half, half team. Exactly, yeah. We're, just, we're, we're, we're lucky, we've been unlucky recently, um, particularly at home, so we're due some, I mean, we've got a big slice of mud. The army is fucking forearm smashing the ball away <laughs> from the like goal. A better save than both of our keepers have made this season. <laughs> um, 
But you know, I just I just feel like we're uh, we're away form has been good. We won the last two away games. We've yeah. we've created loads of chances. Like you said, Cowley, Man City look a little bit vulnerable on the break at home. Um I, I think with Diarmi putting in the performances I I reckon he'll smash Kevin De Bruyne early on in the game. <laughs> Knock his confidence out. Um, what about Silver? David Silva still has nightmares from when Newcastle turned them over 2 0 <laughs> in the League Cup, which I'll talk about later. Was so he he's probably that got, game, was he? He got subbed after seven minutes, but I he oh. got it. But he was still <laughs> playing. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's still carrying the mental fragility from that. He hasn't shown it in other games we've played Man City since, <laughs> but he'll, he'll show it in this one. Aguero played that game. I'll come on to that game in a bit, but um, I don't know. I just I just feel like, we, Sai, you said on one of the recent podcasts that we thought that one of the strengths this season under Rafa would be the ability to scratch, like a Liverpool at home, to scratch out points against the, the top sides. And for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. But I just feel like the team plays with such a, a confidence away from home at the minute um, that I, I feel it would be a mistake to go with an overly defensive side. And you know what, Sai, you're 99 times 100, you're right. I'd like to see him go with a cheeky like Jacob Murphy, Matt Ritchie and Chrissy Natsu all in the same team like Stoke where he played Atsu almost as a second striker. You'll have to play Hosloo. He'll play Hosloo without a doubt because he needs someone to hold the ball up and he needs someone to win headers if when we're under pressure. But I'd like him to like sit I'd like him to play maybe Atsu off Hosloo, um, play Murphy and um Ritchie on the wings, and then play Shelby with Diame. And you know what to say to Shelby? And this is why we're better at using the ball away from home because you can hit it into empty spaces and it's it's a lot more, you know, you're playing, it's a lot more percentage ball than having to play the ball directly to someone's feet yeah. when they're surrounded by defenders. And I just think for that reason, if we could, you know, at home it's much harder getting a 10, getting a 20, getting a 40 without conceding because you've got the home crowd on your back. You've got the expectation of where the home side, I think we'll just, I think we'll see a really comfortable side knowing the pressure's off like Green Street says, at the city of Manchester, and I just like to think that I don't think that we'll make any catastrophic mistakes. Now, if you look at Man City's goal at our place, yes, they could have scored several other goals, but they never really. And I know we've only seen highlights. They never really got in behind, apart from that one Sterling, and I can't remember who it was. Someone might have been Monkey. I don't know. Someone didn't track him. Totally lost him, and and Rob Elliott does a Rob Elliott, and he doesn't come out. And he should have come out and closed the angle down. And it's like, yeah, I know Man City dominated, but the the capitalised on that one mistake, and I do, I don't think. We haven't been making mistakes recently away from home, so that's maybe in positive. The, the one thing I want to go about Hosley, obviously, it will probably start him, but as an out, outlet, and but this, the, the um the game Tim James's, you say that, but we never really cut the ball and it kept coming back. So, for us, Man City defender, that's very much easy to defend against Hosley. Where yeah, if you put Gale, as he's seen like or, the, or even Perez, in Perez a bit yeah. of pace, let them face goal, not the other way. Give them like balls over the top, but again, if you're going to play someone in midfield who can do that, who's he's probably not going to start Shelby, who's going to hit the yeah. ball over the top. But I don't know, that's what I was thinking about. Just you, you, he's going to probably end up playing him, but if it's going to be like the reverse fixture, we didn't really keep the ball well and it wouldn't really kept there. So, no, I'll but I just actually go with Gale. But then if you want to keep in the game and obviously do that next. Like the last 30, 20 minutes, yeah. I guess that's what you're probably going to go for. It'll be interesting to see what team we pick for Saturday compared to the team we pick at Chelsea because I have a feeling the team I want to see Saturday will probably play at Chelsea because it's a cup tie. Because yeah. Yeah. it's against Chelsea who are in bad form, I think 3 0 in a row now, which yeah. is shite for them. 
Uh, well, <laughs> excluding the night, obviously. Carroll uh, will be playing next. Oh, Andy, uh, Andy, Andy Carroll again. <laughs> um, for, for Chelsea. Um, Never scores against Swift. So, so how many goals are going to have to score then, Dogger, if we're going to beat them? You're right, I reckon 3-2 Newcastle. Um, we're talking about Chelsea. Oh, Chelsea. Oh. No, City no. Well, well. Sorry, this you is think three two, man. I think <laughs> it's not outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> three goals. I, I know I should back it. I know it'll be like. Because it was a lot of scored three goals, but West Ham. All right, West Ham. Um, three I, two at Chelsea in the cups. Realistic. Three two at Man City in the league. This <laughs> is mental. I know. If uh, by the way, if anyone has any spare tickets, can you please give us a shout at TF Weekly Pod? Because Norman, who's not doing the podcast tonight, he's hosting the True Faith Podcast Social down London with uh, with Bolland. Um, the, so that he wants to go to the game he, he thought he could make it but he could now go um, so if anyone has a spare please give us a shout we'll happily replicate that with other spares later in the season um, I use on having me 3-2 shout maybe I'm not having it but <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather, uh, I'd rather dare to dream than just think oh you know we're going to and that's Carl you make a good point against Man City at home I had to follow the game on Twitter used to what off Gullivant and down there East coast of Australia. Great Ocean Road. The Great Ocean Road, and I was in bed following the match on Twitter because uh, I didn't have a strong enough Wi Fi <laughs> signal. We were following the match on Cosmo's Twitter because none of us had data. <laughs> Aye. It's painful, painful <laughs> way to watch the match. And everyone pre match is like, oh shit, we're going to get beat 5 0, we're going to beat 10 0. And then your usual arseholes are like, fuck's sake, this is shite, this, get out, like, get on the ball. Like, it was like, it was almost like you said, Cowley, it was better than people expected. Well, I say this is going to be better than people accept like this. <laughs> people are saying we're going to get beat. <laughs> and we might not win 3-2, but it could happen. What do you think, Cody? What do you think the score will be? Um, I'll go for 1-1. 1-1. That's pretty pretty <laughs> uh, positive so far from the True Faith podcast. You would expect nothing less, listener. Go on, Sai. Yeah, no, 1-1, same. I think we'll... No, no forget it. 2-1, Newcastle. 2-1, Two one Newcastle. Get your money on. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a big weekend as well because I mean Stoke with Paul Lambert, which is mental. Play Huddersfield. Any other big games? I'm sure Brighton play. Have a check. Someone, yeah, Cowley, have a check there. It's just a massive game, and I think if Brighton play Chelsea. Brighton play Chelsea, all right. But, is it Brighton? I think. Yeah, if we can finish the weekend outside of the relegation zone again, it's positive. If we can get into Burnley outside of the relegation zone, Burnley and Palace in the space of four days. Outside of the relegation zone, I'd take that now. So forget about the, the results of this week. This weekend, realistically, adds it's more important that other results go our way than this one because it is likely a defeat. Despite my positivity, our positivity. Any other games lad, this weekend that are worrying for us? Evan West Brom, but it's Evan. So for Evan with Theo Walker, it's like the day. Yeah, I think he should mm. do them. You'd hope so. I don't trust Allardyce. Nothing else. West Ham, Bournemouth. That's a big one, West Ham. I mean, one, that's yeah. a chance for West Ham to put it to bed, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. No in West Ham because it was also the chance against us to put the, their relegation fears to bed. They got turned over, so West Ham, Bournemouth's a big one. You kind of feel like the relegation picture at the moment, it is the bottom three, us, Southampton, and maybe one more, and maybe one of Brighton and Huddersfield. Yeah, I think Brighton, Brighton and Huddersfield go in. One of them will flip. They're both yeah. rubbish, man. <laughs> They're both spending money though. Yeah, so <laughs> like there. So there's the six teams for three free relegation spots. Seven teams. I think Bournemouth. I think we we talked about it after the Bournemouth home game. They're they're, they're a good enough side not to 
not to go down. Yeah, they've got and enough goals. Showed it quite a few times. They'll score. Got, you know, yeah. I, re- I found really annoying about the weekend. Bournemouth got to play Arsenal without Ozil and Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, fucking the best players against so yeah. us. Obviously, Ozil scores despite Rob's best. We get we get a result against that. So we were played. They didn't have both of them. Aye, because of obviously a ridiculous goal from Ozil, which <laughs> totally agree. Rob Elliott could have saved, but yeah, middle of the goal. <laughs> um, to finish off, I just want to to take us back to I think it was Halloween. 2014, yeah, 2014, uh, I'll set the scene, this is just to give everyone a bit of positivity, right, if we haven't already done that, um, set the scene, right, Newcastle are shit, shock, on Alan Pardew, relegation zone, um, we'd bought, had we bought in some players that summer, we'd bought in big Emmanuel Rivier, we'd bought in Jack Colback on a free, Daryl Yamat, Ayose Perez, so for Newcastle, it was a, uh, you know, a big summer of spending. Pardew was really, really unpopular. And many think that Pardew achieved his finest result as Newcastle manager whilst trying to throw a cup game, <laughs> <laughs> which was our televised win at Champions Manchester City on um, in the League Cup third round. I went to the game, travelled from Newcastle, went to the game, tickets were literally a five or something or a tennis, so fair play Man City for doing that. And I uh, went with my mate Andy, who was living in Manchester at the time. And um, it was one of those games I met up with Mick, who was on the podcast earlier on the pub. And everyone's talking about, at what point do you leave? Do you leave at five? Do you leave at four? And and then the team sheet hits. <laughs> and then the team sheet, sheet hits. So you know what I'm Armstrong, who's played for League One Blackburn, up front by himself. <laughs> on the other flank, Gabriel Obertan. <laughs> Rolando Aaron's making his full league debut. Injuries Ryan Taylor playing centre mid. And that's not this isn't the Ryan Taylor of like 2011-12. This is shite Ryan Taylor who John Carver later that season tries to build, build a team round and doesn't work. Um Mike Williamson is playing. Yeah. Rob Elliott, who doesn't get anywhere near the first team, is in goal. Have you got the have you got the team there, Cody? Yeah, that's the uh, oh, Williamson didn't play. Did Williamson not play? Felt like you did. Hydara. Medi hang on, Medi Abid, Jack. <laughs> Ryan Taylor, Jack Colbach and Gabby Obertan is Newcastle's midfield to play at Man City. Man City's team, by the way, this isn't like... this isn't Paul, Paul Dummett's centre-half because Hydara played as well. Yeah, this isn't like... This isn't Man City's like under-18s who probably would have won. This is, uh, you know, Bakary Sanya, Mangala, who probably played the weekend, so he's yeah. still there. Kolarov, Milner, Fernandinho, Yaya Toure, Silva, Aguero, Nasri, Jovetic, Dzeko. This is like... It's Man City's first team. It is. It's, Man- it's Manchester City's first team. Like the, the the on the bench, they had Navis, Fernando, Zabaleta, Hart. Like that is Manchester City's first team, and we went and we turned them over two 0 and we and we should have we should have won more. We absolutely played them off the park. Big Musa come on and scored an absolute blinder. That Lando Aaron's is still fucking like got a career off that <laughs> one forty five minutes. He had to go off at half time. <laughs> he tore them a new one. Um, Ryan Taylor was brilliant. Obertan, I remember in the second half, I don't know if you remember this, Obertan just got taken out in the box last man. We're 1-0 up and you're just like, pen, red card. You got nowhere near the ball. Try and watch, anyone watching this, try and watch the highlights on YouTube if you can't remember the game. The a typical Newcastle, it is the most blatant penalty you've ever seen. The bloke, I think it's um, Colorado Di Michaelis, just, try, just realises he's through on goal and just takes him out. Doesn't get anywhere near the ball. No pen, no red card. Couldn't, couldn't believe it. We just thought... Here we go again. Rob Elliott made a couple of saves but didn't have to do anything spectacular. And if that team with Alan Armstrong up front and Ryan Taylor and Paul Dummett and Hydar, if that team 
can go and win 2-0 at Manchester City under Alan Pardew in a game he tried to throw with our team selection, we can win this weekend. I, <laughs> I promise you. I thought it was going to be our, our time for the cup that, yeah. Aaron Bo, what was the next game again? Was the next game of Tottenham? Spurs away. Yeah. So I was ill. We just got back from Germany. I was like, I was not going to go, but I thought... <laughs> I gonna, kicked off when you said I was like you're coming yeah I was like we're going to beat these we're going to win the cup this year just from one city result it's all, definitely our year and then yeah we won at Palace as well so it was like winning Palace is decent and won Spurs was quarter final there was another round in between them well, yeah it must have been a round no, so, yeah, so, so, so there was no Spurs was directly before Man City was directly before Spurs because I remember like th- like being at the looking at the draw like it must have been one November though, because October to December was like the week before. Oh, was it? So it maybe it was. Big, yeah. It was the fourth one. I'm sure we we'll played a, a sec, um a League One team. Oh, we'll to play. We'll play Brighton. Nah, we're getting it. We'll what? play. We'll play. Whoever Gus Poyet was managing. We didn't, man. We did. We man. played Brighton in the FA Cup games and got beat. Ah, uh, but in the League Cup. In the League Cup, we didn't play. Gus Poyet was managing Sunderland at the time. <laughs> like. Um, if you just sit tight, if you just sit t- <laughs> this is there's no way we're played. I'm pretty sure we're played Gillingham, Palace, City, Spurs. Here we go. How, how is that for knowledge? What, what? Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I'm gonna have to talk, keep talking. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Are you on the right season? No. Well, anyway, I'm I'm well, pretty positive that was 14, the cut the cut 15, run yeah. fourteen fifteen, off the top of my head. Um, and yeah, like you say, we went to Spurs, Cowley, and it was. Was the worst trip? Oh, the worst. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't get in until what twenty five minutes. It was a we down. I really enjoyed the day. <laughs> oh, it was a cracking oh, day. The day free, free booze, first class. Palace. On the way down. Uh, it might be. Yeah. Okay. So oh, just, it's just, end of October. Just speak up, Sai. Just speak up, please, for the listeners. Was I right oh, there sorry, with yeah. that cut run? Correct. Oh, there you a big go. Gap between the two games. That's why. Oh, yeah, right. well, it might be closer. Seven weeks between the fourth and fifth round. I didn't know there's such a such a big gap. Aye. But yes, that that um, quarterfinal was an absolute disgrace. Got beat four 0 We left it four 0 down. Never leave early, but I think Riviere missed like an open goal when we were still waiting to get in the ground. Like half the away end didn't get in the ground until half an hour in. Um, that that we were one 0 down when we got it. Yeah, in. when you hear the roar at the turnstile. Jack Aye, Jack Rannick. Is it Jack or Ben? Jack. It was Jack Rannick. Aye, Jack Rannick. I don't know who Ben Ben Rannick is then, but. <laughs> Uh, when you hear that uh, the roar and you're in the tennis, I'm just like, for fuck's sake. We watched 45 minutes of football that day. <laughs> Travelled out of London, stayed overnight, spent about 400 quid <laughs> to see Spurs reserves do a 4 0. Had like four kebabs. <laughs> and then uh, we're like, well, at least we'll beat the Markhams on Saturday because they're shite. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's been, this has been the True Faith podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I think it's been a, a decent 40 minutes preview for, for such a one sided game, allegedly. Um, we'll be back on Sunday. Hopefully with a very positive review about a very positive performance. Like I said, if anyone's got a spare ticket for Norman, give us or him a shout on social media. Thanks for listening and uh, thanks to Green Street and Sai. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to buyoptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.